Hey Solomon, this is J. Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. I'm excited to share that Solomon's Talk is now on YouTube. Check out these interviews on our new channel, Solomon's Talk TV. There you will actually see the interaction between myself and my guests. You will also find bite-sized clips of daily inspiration to help you manage the struggles of everyday life. So click Solomon's Talk TV below to watch now. Today I'm speaking with Danny Brazell, America's leading reading ambassador. Welcome, Danny. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. Thanks for all that you do to promote uh, joy in the world. Yeah, thank you. And so we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, reading. I'm up to, I think I'm close to 200 books this year. Wow. Uh, last year, sorry. Um, we're in a new year. So yeah, I'm an avid reader. Tell us about Danny and then we'll get into our favorite subject. <laughs> well, it's it's funny, Jen, uh, that I'm now nicknamed America's Leading Reading Ambassador because I grew up hating reading. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I used to read was a TV guide. My my father was a librarian, and I always hated the public library. It always smelled funny to me. The furniture was always uncomfortable. There was always some elderly woman telling me to be quiet. There's always a homeless guy who thinks he's a vampire hanging out in the library. I always hated it. And it wasn't until I started teaching in the inner city in South Central Los Angeles, and I saw that a lot of my students didn't grow up with the advantages that I grew up with. And I said, shame on me. I mean, I was very blessed, Jen. I had both of my parents in my home. Uh, We were lower middle class, but we always had food on the table. My parents always read to us and in front of us, and we always had access to wonderful reading materials. And so it really became my my passion and my mission uh, to spread a joy of of learning uh, for all my students and getting them excited about reading. And now I work with people all over the world talking about the importance of reading and making reading fun. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, as a mother of three sons... God bless you. (laughs) I understand the difficulty in getting a guy to read. Mm-hmm. When they got into trouble, the two youngest ones are really close in age and, you know, they rumble sometimes. And when I want quiet, I'll give them, read a book, you know, because they say, Mom, I'm bored. And I'll say, read a book. And they look at me like, you know, I'm from La La Land. Why is it so difficult to get boys to read? It's a great question, Jen. It's really uh, what inspires my work. Uh, I find that 
Schools do an adequate job of teaching kids how to read, but the question I always ask teachers and parents is what good is it teaching kids how to read if they never want to read? I teach kids why to read because I've never had to tell a kid, go watch TV. I've never had to tell a kid, go play a video game. And I never want to have to tell a kid, go read a book. I want them to choose to do it on their own. And what I find is the failing in most schools, especially with boys like your sons, is we're forcing them to read things that they have no interest in reading. You know, the research is very clear on this, Jen. It really doesn't matter what you read. What matters is how much you read. It doesn't matter if you're reading James Joyce or James and the Giant Peach. People who read more read better. I can always tell people that the little boy who only reads Captain Underpants is going to be a better reader than a little boy who refuses to read anything. Captain Underpants is the gateway drug to Shakespeare. But first of all, we got to get the kids excited about it. And uh, that's really one of the things, uh, you know, you're not alone. Four out of five of struggling and reluctant readers are boys. And it's because boys and girls are very different. Little girls will read books about little boys. Little boys have no interest in reading books about little girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great scene in one of uh, the Diary of the Wimpy Kid uh, books by Jeff Kinney where the mother decides to have a mother, mother-son mother book club, and she invites all the boys from the neighborhood to bring books to her house, and they'll all read together. And the mother, the books that she has brought are like Sarah Plain and Tall, Little House on the Prairie, Anne of Green Gables. And the books that the boys bring are like How to Cheat at Video Games, uh, <laughs> Book of Bodily Functions, All About Dinosaurs, things like that. And so uh, especially if you have three boys, uh, those are the types of things. And I guarantee you because you're a parent, I'm a parent, we can have three kids and all of them are completely different. So yeah. I always let the child's interest guide what kinds of books I'm going to uh, get them excited about. Oh, wow. I just had an aha moment. So the key is the key is to let them read what they want to read and don't have this preconceived notion of what they should be reading. Yeah. Is that well, it? Yeah. For some reason, people think that reading has to be Dostoevsky, War and Peace. And they say that, oh, people aren't reading that much in the 21st century. I mm. completely contradict that notion. People read so much more now than they did in the 19th century. Uh, I was with a fourth grade boy and his teacher told me he doesn't like to read. He won't read anything. And in one hour, Jen, that kid must have texted about 20 of his friends. He sent several emails. He surfed the internet. He's highly literate. Now, he's Mm -hmm. not reading a novel, but he is reading extensively. We have to broaden our definition of literacy and what literacy is. Yes, thank you. That that makes absolute sense. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So, I know you talked about your background in schools and what got you interested in reading because even though your father was a librarian or worked for the library you didn't seem to have any interest so what got you interested that's actually a good question jen nobody ever really asked me that question <laughs> uh in college uh one semester i i studied abroad in spain and it was a great experience for me jen because for the first time in my life i was discriminated against without realizing it i was born with all kinds of advantages i never realized i was born white male and american life was pretty easy for me and i didn't realize how until I went to Spain and people treated me very differently because I didn't speak Spanish. Everybody treated me like I was stupid. Well, I'm not, I'm not that stupid, but I didn't speak Spanish very well. And when you're learning a second language, you get headaches all the time. You have nightmares. It's very trying on your brain. And so a, a, 
one of my classmates, she handed me John Grisham's The Pelican Brief, and I was so starving to read anything in English. I read that book in like a, a day, and uh, then I got excited and I got A Time to Kill, and then I remember spending $30 for a used paperback, beaten up copy of The Firm, and then from John Grisham, he's the one that whet my appetite from John Grisham, mm-hmm. I advanced to... Mary Higgins Clark and Sidney Sheldon. And then I just started reading anything and everything. But I found that passion for reading. I mean, I've worked with so many boys like your sons. I, I'll give you an example. I, when I was teaching second grade, I had a little boy named Kiara. And Kiara's first grade teacher told me, Kiara don't know nothing. I'm like, well, thank you. Well, Kiara, who didn't know nothing, comes into my classroom one day. And he's like, hey, Mr. Bissell, you see Barkley last night? He had 18 points and 16 boards. I'm like, thank you, Kiara. Because from that day forward, after lunch every day, I'd sit with Kiara on my lap and together we would read the LA Times sports section together. And would you know it, Jen, by the end of the year, Kiara was one of the best readers in my classroom and all that kid ever read about were sports because that's what he was interested in. Again, I'm not saying that literature is not important, but I'm saying you got to whet their appetite before you get to that. You know, uh, you can't start with uh, the medicine. You got to give them some applesauce or some ice cream to get the, to, to let the medicine go down. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, from experience and just talking to you, I'm realizing that we need to get rid of, we have, as mothers, because usually it's us who try to push them to read, to go to college, to all these things. We have to get rid of this preconceived notion that unless they're reading Shakespeare, they're not reading. And then, you know, try to allow them to explore their interest, right? Absolutely. I mean, I was yeah. doing a, an interview last week with Nigerian television and Nigeria was colonized by the British and it finally got, gained its independence in the 1960s but it still has a British system of education and so the mm-hmm. kids are being forced to read Jane Austen and Charles Dickens and William Shakespeare. And again, I'm not putting down any of those authors but if you want to get Nigerian kids excited about reading, maybe you should introduce them to Chinua Achebe and some of the other wonderful Nigerian authors out there where they are like, oh, there's somebody like me. Again, I'm not saying you have to only read people right. like you, but that's a great entry point to get you excited about it. Yeah, because the point is reading. It's not what to read. It's to get to the reading first. That's right. And then, yeah. Okay, great. And this this isn't the same thing, but my kids love video games. Right. And I was scared to death of them playing video games until the Iraqi war. And then they were playing Red Alert, and they were able to tell me different things with the game. And I'm thinking, did you listen to that on the news? And they said, no, it's in Red Alert. Yeah. And they were they were actually keeping up with the Iraqi war through their games. You know, like I said, it has nothing to do with reading, but it it's an example. It has something yeah. to do with reading, because I was actually just working with a boy, and his mother was frustrated because all the he likes her video games. And I said, well, let's get him reading books about video games. I'm like, here's a book that's going to show him how to get to the next level in the game that he's trying to play. And that do you do you know that kid who would never read anything? The moment I gave him a chapter on how to beat the video game, he read that <laughs> like in 20 minutes. No problem, because he was interested in it. I mean, Absolutely. I love reading books about leadership. I love I love reading biographies, but if you give me a romance novel, it'll probably take me 10 times as long to read that because I'm not as interested in that. Whereas maybe you, Jen, love romance novels and you speed right through it. All of us are a little bit different. And that's what I always say is the interest should guide the reading. Yes, that's true. And no, I never did like romance novels. (laughs) I actually hated romance novels (laughs) until I 
found out about Navy SEALs uh. in Ro- Roman's <laughs> you see where my mind went there mm-hmm. alright so tell me why you think people don't like to read in general Yeah, again Jen I think that schools really teach you how to hate reading I, I, I think they're force feeding I mean I remember when I was in high school I was forced to read The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne and again no offense to people that love The Scarlet Letter the book is about Hester Prynne who's committed adultery and so she has to wear a large A on her chest And I asked my teacher if I could wear a large B on my chest because I was so bored reading that book. (laughs) And again, what are we trying to accomplish? If we're trying to accomplish critical reading skills, well, I know plenty of people, they might not be able to keep up with a classical novel, but they're very up to date when they read the New York Times every day or they're scanning Mm -hmm. the Internet looking for information. You know, because that's that's one of the important things about us as teachers. I always tell people there's no such thing as fake news. There's only people who depend on one news source. You shouldn't let other people think for you. Yeah. God gave you this wonderful thing between your ears. You should learn how to use it. I mean, I started my teaching career teaching uh, high school social studies and history. And the first thing I always teach people when I teach history is that history books are usually written by the winners. Every event in history has multiple points of view. And it's really important Uh that we consider different points of view. You don't have to agree with different points of view. But it's important that we learn how to listen and be respectful of one another. The other thing I always wanted to teach my students, I said, hey, I'm not going to teach you what to think. I'm going to teach you how to think. You should be questioning anything that's being said to you all the time. And I think we'd all be much better off if people wouldn't just be this nodding cult and listen to specific figures all the time, I think you should be challenging people and, and trying to get diverse points of view. I, 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 that's one of the reasons I love meeting new people like you, Jen. I mean, you and I don't have to agree on everything, no. but uh, it's really important that we listen to one another. I, I try to teach kids to be able to disagree without being disagreeable towards one another. You don't have to, to be rude to disagree with another person. That's true. One of the things we used to do in high school I went to junior high in Jamaica and one of the big thing we used to do, we used to debate a lot and, you know, it taught us how to disagree with our opposing forces without, you know, being nasty or horrible to them. So, yeah. For sure. Well, and I was taught, I remember I had a nun in second grade and I was yelling at a classmate and she said, the louder your voice gets usually means you're losing your argument, Daniel. (laughs) And I'll never forget that because she's right. You know, if you have a solid argument, there's no problem with just being able to... uh, mindfully debate one another yeah that's true wow i i really appreciate this you know this conversation because it's so important and we we tend to be losing we're losing interest in reading because there's so much crap to read Mm -hmm. you know i'm sorry it's just true right Mm -hmm. but we also i've learned about a lot of successful people and that's one of their biggest thing is that they read a lot how does reading and success in life correlate? Well, that's that's a great question again, Jen. I should be paying you for these questions. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of research on this in various fields, from business to uh, government to even sports. And there's plenty of uh, readers that don't become leaders, but I have never read about a successful and effective leader that's not also an avid reader. I mean, from Elon Musk to LeBron James to Pitbull, these are successful. Mm-hmm people and the way the reason one of the primary reasons they're successful is they're very curious 
and they constantly want to improve. And so one of the ways they do that is by reading. I could have kissed LeBron James when he was playing for the Miami Heat before the NBA Finals. They showed him in the locker room wearing, reading The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. And I could have kissed yeah. him because I'm like, that <laughs> photograph just did more to get little boys excited about reading than anything I can ever mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so this is what I'm always preaching to people is, hey, if you want to get better at anything, uh, I'll give you an example. I was watching a wonderful speech by uh, Tony Dungy, who was the the football coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They won the Super Bowl. And he gave a wonderful speech where he was talking to all of these uh, young men that wanted to be professional football players. And he said, well, how do you become a professional football player? Well, 99% of professional football players came from colleges. Well, how do you get into college? Well, you have to get good grades. And how do you get good grades? By reading. And then he said, uh, so that was a great point. But then he said, when you get to the NFL, he said that the skill set athletically, most of the guys are very similar in terms of being strong. But he said what separates pros from the people that don't make it in the pros is their mental ability. He said, we don't do spend a lot of time in practice hitting one another. We spend a lot of time studying. And mm-hmm. the better readers, the smarter, smarter players are the ones that last in the NFL. And again, I could have kissed the man. I'm like, this is a great message showing showing kids the importance of reading there. Uh, but again, you can look at any types of uh, leaders. I was, I was sharing with an audience the other day about presidents. Uh, I love studying different presidents and uh, President Teddy Roosevelt. They say even when he was president of the United States, he spent he he would read three books a day, almost as many as you, Jen, three books a day uh, while he was president. The the story I was sharing with the audience the other day was uh, there was a press conference in the early 1960s with President Kennedy and a reporter asked him if he read anything for fun. And President Kennedy said, oh, I'm reading this really delightful spy series by this guy named Ian Fleming. It's about this uh, agent 007, James Bond. Mm -hmm. Well, because of that statement, all of a sudden those books started selling like crazy and Hollywood bought the rights. And that's why they created the James Bond movie series because of a a flippant comment by President Kennedy. I always loved it. President Ford said that when he was president, he always started his day by reading the sports page and a reporter couldn't believe it. He's like, you're the leader of the free world. How do you read the sports page before the front page? And he said, well, the front page just shows man's failures. The sports page celebrates his triumphs. And I thought, Make wow, fun. that's a really great perspective. Uh, I, I think all of us need to, you know, and, and I shouldn't have said this earlier. I said, it uh, doesn't matter what you read, because one of the things I do point out to kids when I'm talking to to them is that you are what you read. So read good stuff, you know, mm-hmm. things that fill up your soul. One of the best decisions I made in 2021 was I decided to stop watching the news because there was no point. Every time I watched the news, I just got frustrated. It made me feel sad and angry. I'm like, why am I doing that? So that's why I'm doing so many more podcasts and things. I'm like, I want to listen to things like what you're doing, Jen, things that promote joy and, and make yeah. you a better, better person. And that's what I tell kids. I'm like, if you want to get better, read things that are going to lift you up, not tear you down. Yeah, for sure. We can always find bad things to read, but uh... <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what is Danny grateful for today? I am grateful to be spending this time with you, Jen. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I love that question. I think all of us should spend a little bit of each day in gratitude. You know, just when you think you've got it really bad. I was actually saying this to a, a, a business leader the other day because he was griping to me about uh, 
making his uh, quotas. And I said, well, if you feel that bad, why don't you spend some time in the cancer ward at the Children's Hospital? You'll, you'll gain a little bit of perspective. Mm-hmm. Pretty grateful. Uh, you know, when I taught, I used to teach English as a second language to engineering students at the University of Southern California. And it was fascinating, Jen, because I always asked my students, what's the thing in America that impresses you the most? And they always said the same thing. It always shocked me. They said, oh, the fact that you can criticize your political leaders without going to prison. Holy cow. Yes, big one, right? That That just, that was amazing. It it, it gave me a a lot of perspective. It gave me a lot of perspective. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. And how can we get in touch with you? And can you tell us, you know, what you have to offer. Great. Well, I wanted to serve you and your audience. So if everybody goes to freegiftfromdanny.com, again, that's freegiftfromdanny.com, and I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Sure. Uh, I'm going to give everybody a complimentary electronic copy of my book, Read, Lead, and Succeed. This is a book mm-hmm. I wrote for a school principal who was trying to keep his faculty positively engaged. So I said, okay, I'll write you a book. So Every week, I give you a concept, an inspirational quote, an inspirational story, a book recommendation on a book you should read, but you're probably too lazy. So I also give you a children's picture book that demonstrates the exact (laughs) same concept. You can read that in five minutes because I want all of us uh, feeding our souls by reading positive things every single day. I'm also going to include a uh, a free access to a parent training I do, which gives you a night. It whets your appetite for my reading program. I've got the world's top reading engagement program where in just a couple of months, I can get the kids to read more, read better, and love reading. I mean, it's great because in just two months, most kids improve their reading by two to three grade levels. That's all fine and good. But what is near and dear to my heart, what's important to me, is that kids that hated reading now love it. And it doesn't matter what school does to them uh, to to traumatize them. They're going (laughs) to want to read on their own for the rest of their lives. Uh, So you'll have access to all those things. And uh, uh, I'm excited about that. I'm also, uh, I'm very excited. I'm working with uh, my partner, Dermot Hudner, is the founder of a wonderful program in Ireland called Cyber Smarties, which is a social media platform for kids that teaches kids positive interaction habits. And so if a kid types in you're ugly, it won't actually send the message. It asks for better ways of doing it. And we find that within two weeks, it's eliminated cyberbullying uh, for most wow. kids. It's actually uh, working with over 200,000 children in two countries right now. We're expanding it throughout the Middle East, Africa, India, and Pakistan. So those are the wow. things I'm very excited about, uh, Jen. Yeah. But, uh, I, I was really excited to get to spend some time with you today. I was looking forward to this. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. And thank you for sharing all you have to offer and talking to me about my favorite subject, reading. Um, So anything else? Not at all. Here, I'll give you I'll give your audience one quick tip as parents. Uh, Okay. uh, this is probably the most popular tip I give to people. I, I believe in embracing technology, not fearing technology. And I have a feeling that television is here to stay. Well, President Bush Sr. 30 years ago signed a very important law in the United States that every television set sold in this country has to have closed captioning. So here's a quick tip for all the parents out there. 
turn on the closed captioning on the TV, and parents always say, well, wait a sec, if the show's in English and the subtitles are in English, what good does that do? Well, that's a good point, but let me make another point. Have you ever watched a show with subtitles and not looked at the subtitles? That's very mm -hmm. difficult to do. Your brain is directed towards that text. And there's actually research that supports this. If you look at reading scores around the world, the more kids watch TV, the lower their reading scores drop, except for one country. The country where kids watch the most TV also has the highest reading scores in the world. It's Finland. And people always mm. ask, well, how can that be? I'm like, well, because Finland makes really bad TV shows. And so what they do is they import all these old American sitcoms like Welcome Back, Cotter and the Brady Bunch. And they, they have to subtitle them for the kids. The kids are reading all the time. So a quick win for all parents listening right now is turn on that closed captioning on the TV. That makes absolute sense. Thank you very much, Dan Dr. Danny Brazel, for sharing that profound tip with us today. I, I like it. I'll even use it for myself if I had a sure, TV. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for all you do, Jen. God bless. Solomon's talk was designed to curate the stories of solo moms globally. As a facilitator of this platform, I aim to create a peaceful environment where you can share your heart, feel love, and get the advice you need. So if this sounds like you, why not RSVP for our next virtual meetup? The link is below. It's where you can retreat from the chaos of your life so you can recharge, connect with other moms, and get answers to your burning questions. Remember, you're not alone and you don't have to parent in silence. Hello, solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.